humor and a little sarcasm. I got a phone call this morning from my cousin, Celeste. Uh, She's been on the podcast before, actually. If you'd like to listen to it, then it is entitled Seat of My Pants, I believe. Um, Which, if you know her, it's the perfect title for our family. Um, Anywho, so she called, and funny enough, I did not have my phone. I never leave my phone places. Like, it's always either in my pocket sitting on a counter somewhere in my house or in my purse. Last night I was at a meeting and I tossed my phone in the wrong bag and didn't have my phone all night. So someone was gracious enough to bring it to me since I'm not driving yet. And they brought it to my house this morning and I looked at it and kind of laughed because there were so many different uh, messages and emails and there was one missed phone call. And this phone call was from Celeste. So um, I grabbed my cup of coffee find a comfortable spot because truth be told, anytime we have a conversation, it's going to be a long one. Uh, we do not have short conversations. Her and I, we get on the phone and we just start talking and it's probably because we don't get to spend a lot of one-on-one time together. She lives in Sacramento. I live down here in the boonies and Kerman. So we don't really spend a lot of time together. We're several hours apart. And so I give her a call and wouldn't you know it, the conversation starts out as a question (laughs) and ends up being something that God has really been pressing my heart about. So she calls and asks a question, something about, she does uh, plans. She drew up some plans for um, a church. And so she was asking about my kitchen island, totally random. And so we start having this conversation and it goes from, hey, how big is your kitchen island? Can you send me some pictures of it and cabinets, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing I know, we're having a conversation about, it always turns into this, about ministry and about um, what's going on with either our churches or in our personal lives or our kids. Um, I can tell you the one thing we do not do when we talk on the phone is we don't typically complain about our husbands, which is says a lot. I mean, we're pretty honest with each other, but we don't sit down and complain about our husbands. So yay for them. But we talk about the things that are really just kind of on our heart at the moment. And so her and I are sitting there, just kind of sitting there talking and um, I'm drinking my coffee. And then all of a sudden she's like, Hey, I have this podcast you need to listen to. And um, of course I'm like, okay, Um, I'm a podcaster. Nobody promote. No, I'm just kidding. People promote it. I just, I was like, okay, so which podcast do you want me to listen to? And she says, it's one of my pastors, Lance Hahn. And so he has Lance Hahn um, podcast, I think is what it's called. uh, The Lance Hahn podcast. And so I'm like, all right. And she's like, it's all about prayer. Like, okay, piqued my interest because God has really been putting on my heart lately. The last couple of weeks has been about prayer. Um, We have a prayer night at our church on Wednesday nights, and it's a wonderful time. Um, It's not something pressing as far as like people have to come in and bear their soul. Um, I mean, although that is perfectly fine, but it's typically just the lights are kind of dim. There's music, worship music playing, and people are just invited for an hour to come in, you know, anytime within that hour and come in and just have some one-on-one time with God. I encourage people Um, When I talk about it at church and in the circles that I'm in, I tell them, hey, grab your Bible. And when you come in or a really good book, like a Christian uh, book that you've got, you're reading um, and just have some time with God because 
goodness knows we can be so incredibly distracted. Like that is my, that is probably my biggest issue is that I get distracted. I sit down to read and then the next thing I know I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's so much dust on the fireplace mantle. I really should take care of that. And then of course, you know, that's the only time I have to do it. So I'm going to get up and do that. And, or the dishes or the dog has to go outside or the cat is meowing because he's hungry. Like whatever the issue is, it always seems like when I sit down to have time with God, I get completely distracted. So long story short, she says, listen to this podcast and it's all about prayer. I'm like, that's awesome. Okay. Cause like I said, I, I want to encourage people to come, to sit, to spend time with God. And maybe God is trying to continue cultivating this, um, attitude of prayer in my life. Cause I can tell you in the last year, year and a half, I have spent so much time talking to God that I feel like he's probably tired of hearing my voice. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like maybe God's kind of like, you know what, can you just not be the whiny child all the time? <laughs> So I've been doing tons and tons of praying, but I still feel like God is pressing my heart on this issue. And so I said, all right. So her and I talk for like, I don't know, five and a half hours, whatever. So we hang up the phone. I go grab some lunch because I'm at home. The house is quiet. My daughter's working. My husband's working. Today I don't work. So I'm like, I'm going to go and just listen to this podcast by myself where it's nice and quiet. So I've got my all my goodies and I sit down in the living room and turn on Spotify on our TV and I start listening. As I'm listening, I'm like, wow, wow. Like so much wow that I actually text her um, and she was getting ready to go to the gym. But I text her and I was like quoting some of the stuff that he had said on the podcast. And I was like, this is this is like mind blowing. Like this is amazing. Um, and so I'm not going to give you any spoilers because I really would prefer you to listen on your own. That way you can kind of hear the right words as opposed to me just trying to put them in your ears. So it was really cool. And my heart was really encouraged by what I heard, but it was also, um, kind of peaked with interest a little bit because he said something. Okay. So I lied. I guess there is a spoiler. <laughs> he said something in his podcast where, he was talking about how we get it twisted when talking about praying in the name of Jesus. Okay. Before you turn off the podcast, cause you're like blasphemy. Okay. Here's the point as growing up in, in church, my whole entire life, like literally my entire life, I have never ever had it hit home for me about what it meant to pray in the name of Jesus. My whole life, I have always just thought it meant say my prayers and in the name of Jesus, amen. Like that, that was, that was kind of the extent of, of my knowledge about why I would pray in the name of Jesus, because, um, I'm, I'm his child. He has authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. But something that Lance said in his podcast. And then I went and started doing a little bit of research and found it, uh, online in a, um, kind of a commentary about, um, the name of Jesus and praying in the name of Jesus. It was mind blowing. So basically what it is here is that it says Jesus teaches believers to pray in his name. Um, if you look at John 14, 15 and 16, um, he talks about prayer within those those chapters, and he tells them that um, I will do whatever you ask 
or he says, I guess, beginning, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And that's actually John 14, 13 and 14. Okay, so raise your hand if you have been the person who has read that scripture and you were like, amen, I claim that Porsche in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Or uh, I am going to get that job in the name of Jesus. Like we pray for things and we think because we're children of God, we're just going to go ahead and get that prayer answered. Um, Brian has referred to it oftentimes as using Jesus like a vending machine. Um, We say what we want, say the magic words, you know, put in the coins and then ding, it falls to the bottom and we get whatever we want. He's not a vending machine. I'm totally in on that one. But I never thought about Jesus teaching us to pray in his name, one, because of his authority, but two, praying the type of prayer that he would pray. What? So, what? (laughs) I was like, okay, hang on a second. I got to think about this. Like, I really need to get all of my brain cells wrapped around the same concept here because we pray in the name of Jesus, and a lot of times we tack it on the end, in the name of Jesus, amen, go on with business. But what it's actually saying is when we pray in the name of Jesus, we're also called to pray the type of prayer that he would pray when he was on earth or the kind of prayer that he would would be glorified in and that would follow into his will. Me praying to get all kinds of things or... I don't know, in California right now, the random thing is like, let's all play the lottery because we are stupid and think we're all going to win five bazillion dollars. And of course, everybody's like, first thing I would do is tithe to the church. I'm like, what? You don't even tithe now. You think you're going to tithe to the church? Whatever. Don't even come at me with that. Anyways, squirrel, sorry. So when we pray in the name of Jesus, we're praying not only in his authority, But we need to also be praying in his will. We're not going to pray, Lord, I pray that you would strike that person dead right now. That's, you know, maybe not his will. (laughs) And we can't just pray those prayers and say, God, you know, here's what I want. Do it. Um, Or another one Brian likes to use is uh, God's not just going to rubber stamp our plans all the time. Whatever we pray in Jesus name, amen, and it's going to happen. We have to be purposeful in our prayers. And so we wonder why sometimes when we pray, the only prayers we pray is at night when we're half asleep laying in bed. And then we wonder why our prayers are not powerful and effective. There's a scripture that tells us that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. If our prayer life is like hitting the ceiling and it's not going any farther, maybe we should take a little bit of an exam of our hearts and and ask God, what what am I not doing? Am I praying? I'm praying in your name as in I'm saying in Jesus name, but am I praying in your will and your authority? Would this even be something that would be in your will? So I guess the next question could be, how are we supposed to know God's will? How are we supposed to know the mind of God? It's a, it's a loop, guys. <laughs> we go back to communion and conversation and connection with God. If we don't 
know what God wants. And we are like, well, I guess I can't pray because I don't know how to pray in the will of God. You have to be praying and in communion with God to know his will. So when we sit down and pray, instead of just saying, God, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, although I can tell you, I've had those prayers where I'm like, I, God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to pray for. Um, Spirit, just please let your will be done. Those prayers are perfectly fine. Because a lot of times, you know, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. And we don't know what to say. And we don't have the words. And there's not a magic formula for us to say to get God's attention. But he wants us to spend that time with him. And the more we spend time with him, the more we know him. And then the more we get to know his heart, when we pray, our prayers will be effective. We can't just throw up a two-second goodnight God prayer, thanks for the day, and expect our lives to be full of his power and his authority. Something was super interesting as I was reading through all of this information that I was finding online was about the name of Jesus. So the name Jesus, um, which was given to Mary and Joseph through the angel in Matthew and also in Luke, um, it means, well, the name was actually Yahweh, and it means Yahweh saves. That's um, what his name meant or means. And so translated from Hebrew and Aramaic, um, the name is Yeshua. And this word is a combination of Yah, an abbreviation for Yeshua, the name of Israel's God, which is ex um, the scripture can be found in Exodus 3.14, and the verb Yasha, which means to rescue, deliver, or save. So um, when we translate it from the Hebrew and into, like for us, it would be into English, then the spelling of the Hebrew Yeshua is actually translated into Joshua. Um, I'm sure we probably know somebody named Joshua. That's probably a very common name. But also, back in the first century of um, Ju Judea, the name Jesus was very popular too. So it was like on the list of baby names uh, <laughs> circa Bible times. So I was kind of curious. So I looked up actually, what are popular names for 2023? And here are some of the names. Um... Mia, Noah, Isabella, shout out to Bella, uh, Amelia, Olivia, Chloe, Ava, Kai, uh, Rowan, Riley, and Mateo. So these are names that are popular for this year. And I don't know if you know what your name means. I do know what my name means because I remember, I think that it was probably, and my mom told me, but... I think it was one of those projects in Sunday school where everybody, they, your teacher had a, well, for me, it was a book, definitely not Google, but they had a book and then they would say, okay, tell me what your name is. And we'd go down the list and, you know, okay, this is what your name means. So my name, Amy, uh, means beloved. So, you know, yay for me. Sounds fantastic. The name Jesus or translated into Joshua, meaning savior or he saves was super, super common. Now I do not know a whole ton of people named Amy. I think in my whole entire life, maybe two or three. It's not a very common name at all. Um, in the circle that I've been in and I've lived in a couple of different States, but 
I just don't know people who have the same name. I did, however, side note, have a boss who swore up and down that my name was actually Amelia, and I had to correct him and then eventually live with the fact that he was just going to call me Amelia forever, <laughs> for whatever reason. But the name Jesus was so common. And isn't that funny? Like that God would not say, okay, I'm going to send my son and his name is going to be, and he gave this crazy name that was hard to pronounce and big and flashy and very uncommon and it would stand out. No, God said, I want him to be named Jesus. And I'm like, what? It's so common, but doesn't that, the the name Jesus that is so common, it really kind of underlines the humility that Jesus brought when he came. That cloak of humility that he put on to just be a part of us, it was just a common name. Yeshua, Joshua, um, and then for it to mean Yahweh saves or Jesus saves is so poignant because it actually gave his mission in his name. And we know if you have um, not lived, (laughs) you did not live in the Bible times. If you have studied Bible times at all, you know that oftentimes the names correspond with either their circumstance or a characteristic about them or what their job title was or would be. It was significant, like very significant. And so here is Jesus And his name being the Lord is salvation or Yahweh saves. He was actually, that's his mission. He was the savior. He was the real savior. Like we know the name Joshua in, um, he's the one who took over for Moses. And so we've got that one in Exodus. And, you know, he helped free the people, take them into the promised land. But this Joshua or Yeshua, Jesus, he was the only one who could actually fulfill that name fully. Does that not just blow your mind? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just the only one who's excited about this. But I was like, wow, the mission of Jesus to save the people is in his name. And he is the only one who could have done that. The only one who could have fully saved us from ourselves, from our sin, from being lost forever. And it's not even the lost part. It's being separated from God for eternity. And that's what he came to to do. Um, There is a scripture in, I believe it's in Acts, and it talks about um, how salvation is in the name of Jesus alone. And it says, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is only found in Jesus. And that, that, that's it, like, period. <laughs> There's nobody else. You can't pray to somebody else, pray to something else, live the perfect life and, and not have Jesus and then assume that because you're a good person, you're going you're gonna to have salvation. No, salvation only comes through Jesus. And he is the only one who can forgive sins. And in Acts 10, 43, it says, All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So I guess in some way, (laughs) names are so important, no matter how common they seem. There is always a plan and a purpose. And the cool thing is that Jesus knows your name. 
He knows where you are. He knows what you're struggling with right now. He knows the things that bring you joy. And when we pray in Jesus' name, we have to remember that we are praying in his authority and we need to pray the type of prayer that he would pray. And those are the kind of prayers that are going to break down walls and barriers and give us the feeling of being the overcomers that we can be in Christ. I hope you're encouraged today and maybe it'll just give you a little bit of excitement to know that there is so much more we can learn. There are so many things that God still wants to reveal to us through his word if we dig in. Have a great day and I'll catch you next time.